All right. Next episode of Memory Tracks. Here we go. I've got my uh, good friend here, Alvin. Alvin, say hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. So, Alvin, uh, we, we had drinks uh, a few, like, maybe like a month, month or two ago. ago. Yeah, ago yeah. It was right when I was first starting to think about, okay, I'm actually going to do this. Uh, and he was like, I'm in. Just tell me. Uh, so it was really cool to, to have you here. We had a little bit of rain delays. Uh, yeah, life so gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> he's been all over the world. Like, well, you just got back from Thailand. And, and, yeah, uh, New York, Thailand, Hawaii, LA, all over. That's Seeing crazy. Some things. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah, I read a book <laughs> once, too. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, yeah, it's great to have Alvin here. Uh, I've known Alvin for about a year or so, I guess. Maybe maybe a little uh, longer than that. Close to two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we used to work together, which is cool. So um, actually, the first guest, Stuart, um, the three of us actually all work together. So I'm sure I will say something similar to that with future guests and people that um, I bring on that are coworkers. But I think that's really cool because, you know, you have your work friends and you got your personal friends. It's always nice when you meet someone through work that you end up making, uh, you know, an actual friendship with. And I feel that way about you, which is cool. Um, and always good to have that and then to be able to, you know, the inevitability of working with someone and like when you hang out, especially when you don't work together anymore yeah. and you hang out and you're like, oh shit, I don't have anything to talk about cause like we can't talk about work, but with you, it was like great to catch up, uh, last month and, you know, catch up on things. And, um, one of the things that we always talk about is music, uh, for sure. And our kind of shared interest in that, and um, also obsession with shoes. Um, for me, particularly, <laughs> less shoes, but for you, just all shoes. Well, actually, uh, I remember the the last time I was here, um, came over for, to watch uh, the organized noise uh, documentary, and that like that was a fantastic night. And, that's right. Uh, I remember that. It was also that. a very good documentary. So yeah, definitely uh, add that to your list, everybody. For I think sure. it's still streaming on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It's crazy, like to hear all the stories and think about those guys in the the basement. In yeah, the just literally <laughs> in the dungeon. The whole family in the dungeon. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, and I think, well, no, I guess not. I was going to say there's some ties to some of the artists that you picked today, but a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. We'll get to it. Yeah. There. Um, but yeah, so really cool. So we're going to go through your three songs. Um, and you sent them over earlier today. Definitely familiar with all the artists this time, which is cool. So I got some things to, to hopefully contribute there and, and help out. But I'm definitely excited to hear. You know, it's a, it's a wide range, very diverse. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure there's going to be some good stories. But we'll go ahead and kick it off with, oh, man, for my listeners out there, I feel like this is a sensitive subject to bring. But we're going to kick it off with, the fucking Dave Matthews band. Oh yeah, baby. Good old Technically Dave not the band. Dave Matthews band. Dave Matthews this himself. Is Dave Matthews yeah. himself featuring Tim Reynolds Correct. from the Live at Luther College uh, record. So we're gonna cue this up and hopefully it plays. Here we go.
Okay, I feel bad because I just realized I introduced that song mm-hmm. by starting off making fun of it, which is actually really <laughs> important to me when I do these to not be judgmental of people's music tastes. And I feel guilty um, for, for talking shit on Dave Matthews' band. And uh, Well, let me ask you this. Why do you, <laughs> why do you talk shit on Dave Matthews' band? Because I feel like a lot of people do. But for a lot of different reasons, I'm curious as to why. So what's actually, your, what's your I'll, I'll make a confession. I live in Central Park, the three disc CD compact disc okay. I bought at Blockbuster Music used, and it's amazing. And he has uh, he does the uh, the Neil Young cover, um, shoot, uh, Cortez the Killer. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it's like 17 minutes long and he yeah. has uh, Warren Haynes who was part uh, like a later on guitarist of Almond Brothers and I mean they just kill it it's great they do like gym, like an all along the Watchtower cover of a mixture of like the Bob Dylan version with some yeah. like violin Hendrix soloing in there yeah. uh, and I, I love that CD it's actually one of the things that you know I occasionally update my iPhone play like iPod actual as opposed to just streaming and that's always one I put on because okay. you know it's just that you don't always want that to show up on your streaming but you know what I don't hate Dave Matthews Band and in fact I believe in Dave Matthews Band because they've been grinding for years so many years and they are talented and their studio albums suck but their live show is great and I had a really good date at a Dave Matthews Band concert there you go. in like 2004 Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion and uh, all you need is a fantastic. reminder. All you need is a reminder <laughs> that you actually do like Dave Matthews Band. They're one of the best live bands. They're probably the best live band I've ever seen. Um, but there's a reason why they still tour and they still sell out because they just they're just really good. They're yeah. really good at yeah. what they do. Uh, which was there was a band member that passed away, right? The, was it the drummer? Uh, or was no, it the, the saxophone player. Oh. Uh, is it Leroy? Leroy, yeah, uh, yeah, Leroy. Uh, I can't remember his full name. Yeah, because I'm a bad fan. I'm a bad. No, fan, but um, well, I mean, this is one of those bands that it's like there's ultra fans, and then there's I do have not a, an ultra I do fans. have a friend that uh, <laughs> she is a uh, she's been a fan for many many years, and she's actually become friends with the band. Like Dave Matthews is wow. her friend. Um, so whenever they're anywhere near Central Texas, like wow. he'll come out to uh, Austin Tennis Academy and play tennis with her because she, oh, that's she cool. teaches out there. So like legitimate, like she has made this into a friendship. Um, I guess bands do appreciate that regardless of how big they get. Yeah, definitely. Did okay. Question for you: You were a fan. Yes. Did you ever wear the mesh black see-through no. like muscle shirt that not the violin that. is always not <laughs> not for that reason no um i did have i can definitely see you i did have a mesh <laughs> two mesh uh sleeveless shirts in my day one was gray one was white i was probably like in sixth or seventh grade yeah um but uh not for that reason i hadn't even found out about Dave Matthews band yet i was just uh, uh you know, okay yeah maybe he uh, took it from you then yeah exactly i was a trendsetter before i even knew what a trend was oh, that's awesome um all right, so I, I blabbed on a lot, but it's not here for me. It's your song. So you tell me what the, it, when we were playing it, you like had a really big smile yeah. on your face and you were like mouthing the little guitar solo notes, which is always a sign of like yeah. pure and adulterated love for yeah. a song. So it doesn't, we'll, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I've, I first heard that song and you know, it was 1999. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school and I remember 
being in a math class in our math class. I was in this advanced math class. I was in there with a bunch of juniors and the teacher was, she was pretty young. And so like when we got to actually starting to do work in the class, she would put on music and turn the lights down so we could actually, we had an hour and a half long class. So, yeah. um, just kind of let us work. And this is, that was the first time, uh, I was introduced to the Dave Matthews band. It was this album. Um, and I didn't even know what I was listening to. I wasn't actively listening. I was doing work, but I remember after the class, I asked somebody like, you know, what is what was that? And they said, oh, it's Dave Matthews band. I'm like, who? And, and this is this is '99. Yeah, yeah, '99. And they'd been they'd been out for a while. Yeah. Um, they were even probably quote unquote old at that time. <laughs> um, but that's when I first you know was introduced to the band and um, that song itself it's not i mean it's it is definitely my favorite dave matthews band song and uh, Wait, i didn't even say the name of the song the I song is realized. the song is called number 41 uh, okay yeah. creatively that is it is the 41st song they wrote um, oh, that's, cool. that's actually pulled from uh one of the recordings that's one nice. of the big ones but um yeah the song itself it's not you know people have different reasons for loving songs and it's sometimes it's the lyrics or it's um you know something else about the song the, the song just kind of has always put me at ease put yeah. me in a really very calm place specifically this recordings it's just dave matthews and tim reynolds they did it at luther college um acoustic tour and i can feel like almost every note in that song and just kind of it, it calms me um i can and i was telling you earlier you know that every time i hear that song you know kind of like around the 10 second mark it takes me back to a very specific place and it was uh that following summer um i was you know 15 years old 16 years old and just kind of you know when you're 16 you're you're starting to find yourself and mm-hmm. trying to now you, you got a license you got a license you're starting to become you know trying to become something make something of right. yourself as a, as, a, as, a, as a true human and i was uh you just get your first little taste of freedom and i remember i started traveling to tennis tournaments by myself without my parents and uh, my buddy Chris, Chris Bowers, and I, we were playing doubles together at the time. We went down to an event in Columbus, Georgia. Um, oh, boy. It was like, yeah. It was like <laughs> a two-hour drive uh, from Atlanta, and uh, we were staying at... It was a very interesting event because it was a national event, but we were staying at the dorms at Columbus State University. So mm-hmm. uh, the two of us, we had a, you know, we had this like three-room like suite kind of deal, um, and we ended up, uh, I remember, I remember very vividly, we were, one of the nights we were both staying in our rooms that were across the hall from each other. And we had these, uh, this like plug-in speaker and it was like these small little speakers that were connected mm-hmm. with cables and you plug the aux into your disc man. So oh, yeah. like, this is pre-digital. <laughs> um, and we just put on this album, uh, and we just like put it on repeat and just let it play throughout yeah. the entire night. And I just remember sitting on the floor. I was laying out. I was sleeping on the floor, um, and just like I'm like here. I'm here by myself at a tennis tournament. I feel like you know, I feel like a fake professional tennis player. I'm sleeping on this floor, and it was just like, but I'm here. Like I'm, yeah. I'm here by myself trying to make it. And um, it always takes me back to that memory. And you know, that song's been recorded in so many different ways both you know um in the studio and played at a lot of concerts but you know that that specific recording always kind of gets me and you know that that time in my life I was you know I was in a very weird situation where um you know I grew up in a fairly predominant uh African-American environment Mm -hmm. and uh obviously I I sound a little different sometimes Mm -hmm. um 
And so when I was in high school, uh, also being a tennis player, yeah. I was just kind of starting to kind of find my way. So I was playing tennis and I was uh, taking some AP courses. Mm-hmm. So uh, my high school experience kind of started taking a turn mm-hmm. after a certain point. Um, like I had all these friends that I grew up playing basketball with. So I was also on the basketball team. And then I had these other friends that I, that were new and they were in a lot of my classes. And then like, obviously I'm, you know, I'm a sophomore on the tennis team. I was one of the better players in the school. And, um, there was that kind of, I got a lot of that, like, you know, uh, some, I would call it, I guess I'll call it teasing or hazing, but like, yeah. um, you know, I always got the, like, you know, you're the black kid trying to act white or something like yeah. that. And like this, I guess you could say didn't help the situation, but like my musical tastes are kind of all over the place. And, yeah. Um, like I could be, you know, I could, I can be reciting hip hop lines while I'm in a layup line for a basketball game, but I could also like get down Dave Matthews band. And this was, I very much remember this being the beginning of that. And so not just musically, but also finding myself as a, as a person and finding the strength to kind of stand on, you know, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to do me and you're going to be down with that regardless of, you know, how long we've been friends or under what circumstances we became friends. And uh, I guess that's probably a lot to tie to a song, but uh, it definitely kind of hit the play button on me becoming kind of who I am now. Um, I actually tried to learn how to play guitar Uh, a few (laughs) years after that. I took a a class in college, and then I had one of my buddies um, over Christmas break. When you say tried, how far did you get? Uh, I... I bought a guitar. Okay. First um, step. Yeah. I, I bought a guitar for, oh, I got one for Christmas. I got one for Christmas. Uh, for two weeks after that, before I went to school, my buddy, uh, who played, played guitar, uh, we went to high school together. So I was home for Christmas and I would just go to his house for like two hours a day and we'd, you know, I'd learn some chords. My fingers like, were very, very sore for yeah. quite some time. And then I went to school and, and took the guitar class yeah. three hour, three hour, nice. three credit hours. And, um, I made it about, a month into the semester, it was just me and one one teacher, and I just couldn't keep up with it because of my schedule. I was yeah. playing tennis; we were in season, so like it just couldn't practice outside of that yeah. um, that time period. So I put it down and never really picked it up again. But uh, my goal was to always be able to play the song, um, and I even love the you know, and specifically in this recording, like the the sliding of the, of the fingers across the strings, and you can hear it. And you know, some people don't like that sound. I love it. Yeah. And it, it, I can, I mean, I know the places of it in that song and it's, um, it, it's really cool. And, uh, I guess I won't ramble on too long, but, um, a few years, I'd say a few years after that, I actually got a chance to see Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. Um, Oh, cool. So they did like a, a yeah, they did another college, or... another college tour where they did, she hit some colleges. It was like maybe a 20 stop tour. It wasn't super huge. Just the two of them. Um, and they, they came down, I was in school in, uh, Salisbury, North Carolina at Catawba college. Mm-hmm. And they played at Davidson, then Davidson college, Davidson university, home of Steph Curry. Um, <laughs> and Wait, my, didn't, that's, that's the guy that blew the three, one lead. Yeah. He, the, I think, yeah. I think he blew a three, one lead. Yeah, yeah, he did. MVP, yeah. It was, yeah. was two time MVP. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> I remember that. Um, but yeah, so they played. They played at. They stopped at Davidson, Davidson University, which is like twenty five minutes from my school. And um, I remember we were playing a, a match that night, a, a tennis match that night at our school. I finished up, and my coach, like, I don't know why, but let me leave like as soon as I was done, as opposed to staying till the entire team was finished. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time and I like 
hauled tail up to Davidson and yeah. then we got there right before the concert started and it was uh, fantastic and he played the song yeah he played 41 um and I was like five rows back from like we were in the gym and yeah. it was it was just awesome I was just like, so cool. I, like oh full circle and it didn't take long I mean like four years later but um like every time I hear that song like it just puts me in a puts me in a good place like it kind of centers me yeah. um but yeah Dave Matthews. That's really cool. 41. Yeah. I, you mentioned like you went to the show and then he played the song. I, that feeling of like when you really love an artist, especially one that has a whole lot of material, mm-hmm. and you're seeing them for the first time, you're like, oh, there's a party that you're like, I really hope he play. Like they, he better play that song, yeah. otherwise I'm gonna be disappointed. Yep. But then you're also like, but I love this guy and like let him do what he wants to do or yeah. let her do what she wants to play. Yeah. Um, and. You, in the back of your mind, you're like, I do really need to hear this song. And then when it you plays, got and you're one. Like, oh, you got okay. one in your pocket. You're like, um, <laughs> you're like I really want to uh, hear this one. Uh, but that actually, that wasn't the first time I saw Dave. I saw, I saw, oh, okay. you saw, I saw the, the full band, the band my senior yeah. year in high school, like 2001. Cool. Um, I have seen the Dave Matthews band ten times. Oh wow, ten times. Yeah, my gosh. Uh, last time being, I think was 2005. They're from. They're not. From, they're from North Carolina, right? Uh, they're There's from. I think. Uh, incorporated in Charlottesville, Virginia. Virginia. Uh, Virginia. Like, yeah, but a lot of the guys from. I mean, Dave's from South Africa. Like all the guys are from all over the place, but they formed oh, as I a band in, yeah. in Charlottesville. Um, but yeah, ten times I've seen them, but I haven't seen them in ten years. Like I'm kind of like. Oh wow. Yeah. I feel good about where I am with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of retired that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you say that though, and like, I would still. If go. you had the chance, you I would, would ha- you would go, and you would love it. I was at a yeah. We I was I ran into some friends a couple maybe like twelve fifteen months ago having drinks, and Dave Matthews was in town, and they're playing at a, at a Circuit of Americas, and I almost bought a ticket right then to go, yeah. and I was like, I could do this, I can do this, but yeah. I don't like the venue, and I don't yeah, like driving out there, so. Um, I'll just I will I will see him again it'll happen, and yeah. I know it'll be great um, can I tell a random story you mentioned something yeah please um, go ahead another band that I like a lot that's in the same vein so I tell the story uh, this is the cheat code by the way this is the cheat code yeah okay um, <laughs> OAR right? another jam band very oh, similar no. same thing right? I'm not gonna get into their stuff but this is like uh, early days of social media like where you could actually like connect with bands yeah um, OAR was coming to Atlanta on their tour. This was probably like, I don't know, let's call it 2009, 2009, maybe 2008, I don't remember. Um, but I remember I was heading somewhere on my lunch break and I saw that the lead singer tweeted, like, oh, getting, we're in the airport, getting ready to start this tour. It's going to be great. So I tweeted at him and I was like, hey, um, when you guys come to Atlanta, would love to hear, would love to put in a song request. You yeah. know, it's Twitter, right? You're not going to get anything back. But this yeah. is like 2009. He hits me back and he's like, "Yeah, you know, hit me up right before, like right before we get there, and I'll, uh, I'll make it happen." And I was like, yeah. "Okay, cool." So we go to the show, like getting ready to go to the show. I, I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, you know, shot in the dark, but like I'd love to hear James. The song's called James." Um, and he's like, "Okay, I'll see what I can do." So now at this point, he has responded to me twice in the last yeah. six weeks. So we go to the show. We're having this amazing time. We have my buddy Ian and my friend Nikki and one of her friends. And we're having a great time. And we are not very far back from the stage. I mean, maybe eight. It's general admission, but we're maybe like, quote unquote, eight rows back. And we just had a great day. And he puts the lights down. And he's like, you know, um, I'm going to play a quiet one. Um, I got this request on on Twitter uh, from Alvin. I don't know if you're here, Alvin. And 
so it's kind of dark at this point. Yeah. Spotlight goes on me. My friends are going nuts. And I'm Wait, like, he's looking right at you? me. And he, I was, we were pretty close. Okay. Because like my friends started yeah. screaming. We had some other friends that weren't with us. Oh, so it was just concert. randomly past me. They weren't like, it's that guy. No, my friend, like friends that around me just start yelling because uh, it was pretty quiet. He's like, <laughs> yeah. no, we're going to quiet it. We're going to slow yeah. it down and play a quiet one. And um, so like that was an instance. So he, he pointed right at me. He's like, yeah, here we go. And I was like, wow, this really happened. And so that was my, my little side sidebar story about cool. uh, having one of those songs in your pocket that you just really hope you get a chance to hear live. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was pretty dope, too. Was this your fourth song? No, uh, it wasn't. Okay, so I'll be watching for the next Chica then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move I'm on. Not to gonna, I promise I won't do it again. No, you're fine. That was good. That's a good story. Uh, I, I don't really remember much about that band, but they're of that same vein if they just like totally built their career off of college tours and yeah just like grinding yeah they're life. good but yeah. not as good like they yeah. like, these band is the like they're the they're the ogs they're, right. the, they're the real heat yeah all right well let's move to the next one uh so this one is from the legendary project pat oh project pat <laughs> oh Pete. Um, so project pat and it's a short one but uh it's called north memphis so we're gonna hit play on that one here we go Yes, oh, Project Pat, baby. I love some Project Pat. Oh, man. Oh, man. Dude, that was... Uh, wait, so he's not from Tennessee, though. He's Atlanta, right? No, no, he's, he's Oh, wait, Tennessee. no, yeah. Oh. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely course. from North yeah. Memphis. Yeah, uh, yeah, Definitely yeah. from North Memphis. Yeah. Uh, uh, but not, so, far, not far from Atlanta. Six-hour drive. Yeah. Won't kill you. Yeah. Okay, so North tell Memphis me. Memphis might kill you. But, tell me, 3-6 uh, Mafia, what you got? Oh, man. Oh, man. So, okay, so... This song, right? So we talked about this a little bit earlier. We didn't get too far into it, but this is not my favorite Project Pat song. Project okay. Pat is hands down my favorite rapper. Like, and there's no one even close. Yeah, like, not even close. Um, and this song is not my favorite song, but uh, this album is. And the album it's off the album Getty Green, uh, which I think was originally released in like 1999. But I didn't actually learn about Project Pat until my senior year of high school, which was 2001. Right? 
Um, so this that's like what the what the song Chicken Heads came out, which which was right after sipping on some scissor, right? Yeah. So that's like kind of when Project Pat got popular. And you know, as you know, like sometimes when a when an artist or a band gets popular, they sometimes start pumping their old stuff that never caught on. So um, that didn't necessarily happen. But I went back and like kind of just got all into Project Pat when after Chicken Heads came out. Um, and I think that album might have been like I don't remember the name of the album that that one was on, but um, I went back and got into Getty Green, and the reason why I chose this particular song is my second semester senior in high school, and I got my first car, right? And I remember, like, I would where my parents lived, I'd always parked in the street, and I'd come out to my car, this little cream-colored 1989 uh, BMW 325E. Nice. Yeah. Like, it was, B- it was BMW, it. yes, but it was, <laughs> like... It was kind of gangster as hell. Um, <laughs> this is the first year that I had the, had the uh, power windows and power uh, uh, sunroof. Yeah. yeah. It was like cream, like straight up taupe. It was just <laughs> ugly color. Um, I love that little car, though. Um, but I, it didn't have a CD player or anything, so I had my disc van. This is the second time I mentioned disc vans in this, yeah. uh, in this pod. But um, <laughs> I would get in. I bought that album, like physical disc, and I put it in, and I would always start it from the beginning. And every time I left my house to go to school, that was the first, that's the first track on the album. So like, I'm just kind of rolling out of my, my neighborhood, my little suburban mm-hmm. neighborhood. I'm just like crushing this song and this song hits <laughs> so hard. I just, I would just like always just kind of get into it, get going to school and I'd come out of the front of my neighborhood and pass by the kids catching the bus. And I'm just like, I throw them a little shade and I just keep going. Um, as I'm banging North Memphis. Uh, so like the song itself is not my favorite song, but I will never, I will never listen to that album and not start with North Memphis. Yeah. Um, there are some other songs in that album that I like a lot better, yeah. but uh, they're part of the package and right. I can't really take them apart. Right. So the first song is, um, is the one that means a lot to me. And that at that time in life, you know, as a senior in high school, I'm just kind of, like I said, you know, the whole find yourself period, like, Music in the South at that point, like kind of in the late 90s, 2000, 2000s, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, Outkast like yeah. completely changed the game and put put Atlanta on the mouth. I mean, right. on, on the map, pardon me, like straight up Atlanta's got something to say. And it started to spread from Atlanta and put some attention on some of the surrounding states. Uh, yeah. So you had the Miami sound with the... Like I think Trick Daddy might have been just coming out at that point, but you get a lot of drum and bass coming out of Florida, mm-hmm. and, and then like up towards up towards Memphis uh, with so Three Six Mafia had been around for a while, like a couple of years. I remember them in middle school, but um, they were starting to get some attention. Like DJ Paul, Juicy Juicy J were uh, really starting to hit it. Three Six Mafia was getting popular. Um, I think all on the back of Outkast, like right. now that we're paying attention to the South. It's like, so oh, what, Atlanta, what else is the South? Yeah, what else does South have yeah. to offer? And this also goes over to like to New Orleans with like Cash Money Records and all mm-hmm. those guys, and like these things are like it's all happening around the same time. Don't forget Houston, baby. Uh, I, Third Coast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you guys have that. Um, I mean, I was I was pretty far away, so I was not my favorite sound. Okay, I respect yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. not my favorite sound. I don't like being draped up and drift out and slowed down um but um have you ever given it a shot though the music really like i've I've actually i actually started to appreciate as i got older 
okay. at the time, it just yeah. like, I mean, we were, we like in Atlanta, like we're kind of wild. Didn't get it. Like, yeah. yeah. We were just like, this is different, whole different flavor. And the Houston sounds a little slower, very yeah. deliberate. And I just like, I was, I was like, hurry up, like get to it. Like I want to, <laughs> I'm like, recently Mafia had a song called, uh, tear the club up. And like, the, oh, yeah. was, this, that, that was just my mindset. Like at that time in life, it just like, I'm just want to just yeah. break stuff my friend andy i think if he did this he would probably say tear the club up tear the club up. like people were literally i don't know what happened here but people were literally tearing up clubs they had to they banned the song the club. <laughs> they wouldn't play it anymore i'm not i am not kidding it's a look it up it's true um but you know with project pat and and memphis like i i had spent some time in memphis yeah uh, i used to go up there a lot for tennis tournaments especially specifically north memphis like the orange mound and like white haven areas and it is it is pretty sketchy. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty sketchy. Um, but you know, as a you know coming up in Atlanta, like that's just the style of southern music that I was attracted to. Yeah. Um, it was like I mean Project Pat. He's a lyrical genius. He's a boss. Like listen to his lyrics, and it's just like how did he come up with that? Um, he's like the original Two Chains. If you like Two Chains, you'll love Project Pat. Um, just two chains been doing it a while too. Right? Oh, two chains has been like, back when he was titty boy, titty like the yeah. uh, paper bag boy, duffel bag boy. Sorry, duffel bag boy. That was that was that was two chains. So um, go back and do your do your homework there, listeners. But um, <laughs> yeah, this the, when the southern southern hip hop movement was taken off, like that's what I attached to, and uh, you know, getting my first car and driving around a lot. Like I was I was listening to a lot of hypnotized camp posse, a lot mm-hmm. of three six mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Memphis specifically hip hop was, was it for me. Like that was, that was my thing. Um, there were some other groups in Atlanta that were kind of similar, but like Outkast was it and and the dungeon family was it, but like North Memphis, like that was project Pat. That was my guy. That was my crew. That's what I listened to. Um, I still listen to it. Even when I was doing my, you know, kind of getting my stuff together the past few days, like, I avoided this particular album, but dug into some other Pat stuff, yeah. and I was just like, "Oh, I feel so good. Like, I feel like myself." So I know, like Juicy J, still releases a bunch of stuff. Is Project Pat? Uh, he went to jail. Okay. Surprise. Yeah. Um, but so, so Project Pat is Juicy J's brother. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, blood brother. Okay, they are brothers. Is Paul related as well? Uh, no, I think DJ Paul might be just like a friend of Juicy J's or okay. a cousin. But yeah. Um, yeah, Project Pat and Juicy J are brothers. Um, so that's kind of how, I mean, obviously that's how they know each other, yeah. but that whole, uh, three, six mafia. And, um, I mean, a lot of people didn't get introduced to the three, six mafia outside of the South until like that song stay fly. I right. guess they fly. And that was almost 10 years after those guys. Chicken Head is before that. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 2001. And then, well, I guess that song probably got popular because of stay fly. Well, stay fly was a lot later. Like chicken head was chicken heads got popular after, um, sipping on some scissor so that oh, was yeah. like the right. okay. that was the thing um yeah that was like 2000 ish yeah. junior senior high school something like that but um yeah and then there's the you know the, the most amazing oscar accepted speech of all time for hustle and flow oh yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not even gonna comment on that i'm okay. not i'm gonna choose not to <laughs> that's fair um i'm gonna choose not to but um yeah, like I, I was, you know, I was just, I'm 30, almost 34, and a lot of people, you know, when you're talking about 90s hip-hop, mm-hmm. will go to the Biggies and the Tupacs, um, maybe even to the end of Wu-Tang, but, you know, I, it's that, that, that window or, or 
window of influence that you have between the ages of like 15 and 18. It's pretty small. Um, Wu-Tang was popular before I had my own listening preferences. Yeah. So I never got into Wu-Tang. And right. people always like, oh, you're not a Wu-Tang fan? I was like, well, I mean, no, I just didn't, like, they just weren't my, that wasn't my time. It yeah. was, if I'm, if you're 37, maybe it was your time. But, you know, I just, I just missed it. Like, Tupac passed away when I was in middle school. Um, I loved, I like Tupac. I do. Uh, I like Biggie stuff. But I'm not, like... I'm not just going to say they're the best rappers or they're my favorite rappers just because everyone else does. Um, like, in a, anytime I'm asked this question, like, who's your favorite rapper? I was like, oh, yeah, Project Pat. Like, hands down. Hands down, and it's not even close. Um, it's a little out there, but I'm taking it with Memphis yeah. all day. That's great. All day. Have you ever seen him play? No. And hip-hop artists are interesting in that they're usually worse in concert than they are on in an album. It's usually like 30 dudes on stage, a lot of yelling. You're listening to the track being played and they're yelling over it. It's like, so whenever I actually see a hip hop artist give a good concert, yeah. I'm very impressed yeah. because usually it's just like, it's, it's, I think it's all about the context of what you're walking into. If it's the right club, if it's the right yeah, audience, if like, yeah. people really like the songs, and and if they're if they're not too cool to put on a performance, like yeah. give it to me. Like I saw I saw Waka Flocka and Wale a couple years back. It was probably like 2011, mm-hmm. something like that. And like Waka Flocka, just, like came out into the crowd and like was just like started a mosh pit like in the crowd, and it was just like that's cool. It was it was awesome, and Wale is a different story, but. Um, I love Wale, but that's just that's another time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like you because the because rap songs are so produced, yeah. like it, they rely heavily upon like how well an engineer can do his thing or right. how well a producer can craft a track that, like the actual delivery of this live is not it's not anything earth shattering. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, so they have to do a little, they have to do more. I think they have to do more to yeah. make it entertaining, and all more times than not. I feel like it's just a letdown. It's well, sometimes the songs stand on their own to where it's, there's also like an aspect of being surrounded by people that love the stuff. Yeah. Want to celebrate it. And even if the artist isn't necessarily quote unquote performing, like yeah. the fact that you're there with them listening to their music yes, and like their, their hype, your hype, and you're just having fun, enjoying it. Like I, I think cause I've had, I've gone to hip hop shows for, you know, 10 years. Mm. And, um, I think, yeah, at first, you know, it was uh, playing instruments and things at first you're like, Oh yeah, they're just pressing play and they're yelling over or whatever. Um, but over the years, like I've started to understand that sometimes it's actually like, that's what you want to hear. And I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, who we went and saw like Kendrick at ACL or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I mean, I love Kendrick. Um, I loved his new album and everything. Um, at his performance, like a stage show, and I mean, his music is, he's got, he spends a lot of time curating like huge groups of musicians and yeah. uh, he's like jazzy and stuff he is a and musician. things like that. Um, but, you know, I mean, like he played the set and he has a band on stage and they're pushed off to the sides. The light's not on them. He doesn't interact with them whatsoever during the whole time. And there's a part of, you know, there's a part of me and uh, my friend was saying the same thing of like, where it's just like, the band doesn't, need to be there for this show there's like a a whole thing of well hip-hop show isn't as good as a rock show because they're not actually playing instruments and 
sometimes you don't need sometimes the songs and the performance and the energy of being there stands on itself and you'll see like a hip-hop band that just plugs you know random musician group up there to make it seem more like a performance and i think people will dismiss shows for not having instruments on stage which isn't fair and if well, you're yeah, not going to really do something interesting with the band then and that was the thing was it was like he wasn't interacting with those guys and then they have like the obligatory you know cheesy guitar solo extended yeah. outro to a song yeah. and you know people go crazy for it but you're just like that song never needed a guitar solo and i get it you're a guitar player on stage and you're gonna show out for it but sometimes it's unnecessary and people should just be able to enjoy well i mean like, i think it starts to you start going into like what is the purpose of a live performance right yeah. like if i if i like this band or like or like this song on the radio then why am i going to see it live and i i'm often oftentimes impressed by artists who like if you have a song that's been, that you did 10 years ago and it was a number one hit like how many times have you played this thing live but if you yeah. can come out like i saw maxwell mm-hmm. a couple months ago and oh, he cool. did a couple some of his I mean, Maxwell's been putting out music for 20 years at this right. point. But he played the hits, and they sounded different. They sounded, like, like renewed and refreshed. And, you know, I just a couple, like a week ago, I watched uh, Justin Timberlake's Netflix. Uh, yeah. I think it was, like, the 2020 oh, yeah, experience the 2020 or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've heard that's really good. It's, re- it's really good. It's a, and if you're a fan, you're, you are, you aren't. But um, you have to appreciate artists who in turn appreciate what the purpose of a live show is like Mm -hmm. if i've heard a song on the radio i don't necessarily want to come and just hear it as is i want you to make me feel it i want to feel it and sometimes that means like you know there's a band that has instruments you need to switch it up a little bit but as a hip-hop artist like you don't have the instruments so either you add a band or you you let your energy, like you let your energy take over. And now the whole crowd is like just jumping around and they're hype. And, you know, oftentimes, like, like you mentioned, you want to go to a rap show and listen to the song with people who also like the song. And right. I remember I went to see, uh, uh, Pusha T opened up for, uh, two chains in Houston, like two years ago. And I went, but I wanted to, I mean, I love the show. It's one of the top five favorite concerts ever, but the, beginning like the 30 minutes before the show started when the dj's just playing songs and like the crowd's just like we're yeah. all just mobbing together like, and getting hyped the and best part. it was like oh yeah i'm, I'm lit i'm ready to roll <laughs> thank you dj um but yeah hip-hop is hip-hop is tough it's tough to make you make you appreciate I mean, it's tough to be appreciated live um it, i think it just puts more pressure on the on the artist to really yeah. bring it yeah that's fair um should we move to the next one we can do that yeah all right so last one we've got uh, the Temptations. Great. Changing directions on you. Heard of them for sure, um, and it's actually a Christmas song. So it's um, the timeless Silent Night. Twas the night before Christmas. Creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind, I want you to be free. For all of our friends, to listen to me. 
from the temptations <laughs> oh man yeah uh okay christmas songs i assume we're gonna get some christmas memories in here um you know you would assume so oh okay um, you know the curveball here. you would you would assume so um generally i yeah this is a. you know i'm not really sure how most families operate around the holidays but uh, this song is uh, it's it's important. It's special to me because my family. You have to understand my family dynamic. Um, so I'm the oldest of two boys. Uh, my parents are both from Ghana, um, born and raised there. Moved, both moved here when they were like 18, 19 years old for college. Um, you know, met each other. Actually, met each other here, even though they grew up fairly close to one another, uh, distance wise. So. Um, yeah, being, you know, being immigrants and coming here and starting a family and, you know, starting a life, you know, growing up, they had me, I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so, you know, the heart of the South. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I lived there until I was six and then moved to Atlanta, so, I mean, Atlanta is home, uh, but I was born in Baton Rouge. So, you know, you understand, like, the 80s at that time, it's, I guess it's not overly important uh, in the South, but my parents are both, uh, come from big families, yeah. very large families, and normally here in the U.S., you know, if you come from a large family, your your Christmases and your holidays are filled. The house is filled with people. Like mm-hmm. You're always going to visit relatives, and relatives come to visit you, and it kind of looks like home alone. But my my dad's like one of I believe five, and my mom is one of like six. So like I've got a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents, but I don't know them i've my i've only been to to ghana once um i've got an aunt in you know germany one in london but besides that like i don't know much about my family and that's not because my parents aren't close to their families because we didn't have uh you know it's pretty expensive to fly four people to yeah to ghana on an annual basis to visit yeah. family so um my family is, you know, the, the three of them and, you know, my, my very close friends who I consider to be family. So, um, this, my, my, my view of the holidays is a little bit skewed. It's, they're just kind of, they're usually filled with travel to tennis tournaments when I was a kid or, or whatnot. But the only real traditional, I have two traditional like holiday memories. Um, Christmas is my, probably my favorite holiday. I don't really like Thanksgiving that much. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like turkey um, <laughs> and I have lots of memories of eating my mom would, would cook as if we were a family of 12 and we would eat like turkey and <laughs> stuffing and Just not uh, sweet potatoes like, like <laughs> no dude like three weeks like it was like I feel like from Thanksgiving to Christmas I was eating the same thing um, and I don't like turkey but Christmas is special to me for two reasons one being uh, the NBA owns Christmas and I get to watch basketball all day long it's fantastic um, and Go Hawks, right? Go Hawks. Hawks are everything. Um, And this particular Temptations Christmas album, um, my parents played this album, this tape, when I was a kid. Um, And Temptations Christmas, every single Christmas, like, just killed the tape. 
killed the tape. Uh, I remember one Christmas I got my dad the CD for Christmas. Um, and even now it's like, it's my go-to, um, for Christmas. Cause that's the, you know, having a, that warm and fuzzy, you know, my parents, I love my parents. My parents love me. They're great parents. Um, but not having that typical warm and fuzzy <laughs> holiday feeling, uh, around family. This is the one thing that is, uh, I think I have in, in common with a lot of other, other people in their families. Like you have these songs that are, that remind you of the holidays and Temptations Christmas, uh, specifically Silent Night. Um, there's some other great albums. I mean, great songs on that album. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I, I listen to it. I, I kill it now. Like from literally from Thanksgiving to Christmas, yeah. I will play this like twice a day. That's awesome. all the way through. Um, and that, that gives me, that's the one thing that gives me the warm, the quote unquote warm and fuzzies around the holidays. It gets right. me in the holiday spirit. And I'm, you know, I'm not a emotional or warm and fuzzy kind of person, but uh, this will this will get me there. And it reminds me of my parents, um, just being at home, being a kid, you know, being impressionable and young and uh, carefree. Uh, and the Temptations are they're awesome. Like I think you know, every act puts out a Christmas album at some point, yeah. or two, or yeah. four. Yeah. Shout out to Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> And they're all they're all great, and they're all doing more or less the same songs. But I think this one's just, I think this one's better, just simply because this is the one that reminds me of, reminds me of my family and the holidays, and um, it's timeless, man. Yeah, it's timeless. Yeah, I, I, it's. I think probably a lot of people could have like a very similar story about the same song, different songs, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that is that is a moment that you can always go back to, and as you get older and you see your family less and less, and it's yeah. harder to get people together, you know, the holidays or whatever is typically a time when it comes together. And I, I remember I think the first time I ever heard the Beatles was traveling oh. to uh, my um, mom's parents' house in Columbia, Tennessee, and like they had the downstairs basement with the tape player in the mm-hmm. corner and the whole like shelf with all the cassettes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, you'd pick out, it's like, Oh, this is, this is uh, please, please me. And you're like, Oh, what is this? And you know, so we'd, we'd have all these things. And it's funny. I was really too young to remember like a whole lot of really specific songs. I just remember mm-hmm. always looking forward to hearing that. And then my dad telling me about, um, Oh yeah, I loved this song when I was younger. My mom saying like, yeah, we always did this one and that. And, yeah, see, I don't it's, think I don't think my parents even know how like how important you know not even just a song but this entire album is to me. Like mm-hmm. it's the it's literally the only holiday related thing that I go back to. Like yeah, it's like the consistent tradition. That yeah, you know, will always be there. Yeah, and like if it's not like I remember the first time I like you know had my own place and I was you know doing Christmas at my place in the morning before I went to my parents' house like. I played this yeah. in my house like yeah. all day long, like, awesome. all day. I didn't care because um, like we don't have a lot of family traditions. Um, they're it's kind of up to me and my brother to start those traditions. Right. And I'm like, you know, this is I'm taking this one with me. Yeah, um, totally. this is this this album will be played in the holidays during the holiday season. Um, I hope my wife doesn't have a problem with that. Yes, yeah. I mean <laughs> it's been happening for the past five years, so. Uh, <laughs> She's on board. So, um, awesome. yeah, it's just, it's a really good album. And so it's, it's a, 
that song is just very well done. I haven't heard a version any better. I mean, it's probably, the, I mean, it, it's definitely the best version of All right. that I've ever heard. All right, good to hear it. The Motown sound, man. You can't, you can't get around it. The greatest bassist of all time. Oh, like, yeah. Those voices, it's just, yeah, it, it's hard. And like, to make a song, yeah, it's like a six-minute song, mm-hmm. Silent Night, you know, it's the type of song where you think, eh, three minutes is all any Christmas song should ever be. But that's one where it ends and you're like, oh. Can we play that back one more time? <laughs> Run it back. It's, I think it's the last song on the album, too. It oh, just kinda, it? Okay. It just, if you put it on repeat, it just kind of falls into yeah. track one, and they say, no, you're right back. It's not right, right back again. And you're like, oh, it's still, it's still good. Do it still again. still good. <laughs> I love that. Very cool. Very cool. Man, this was really nice. It was good to uh, Yeah, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we uh, we finally got a chance to do it. I know I've been uh, uh, having to reschedule a few times here and there. but uh, No, it's good. I'm glad we got it done. And, uh, you know, I think that we'll probably as we hang out after uh, in future times and you'll be like oh man I should have done this song because here's a cool story I'm like, well I mean three three is <laughs> three's tough three's three good is, though three is it forces tough. you to make some decisions you gotta make some decisions it yeah. doesn't have to be flawless because you know the you get some options there but yeah <laughs> but it does it does it, the, the practice in itself is uh, you know if anyone's considering yeah or having uh, some interpretation about doing this like it's it's a great practice to go through um you know, take some time out of our busy, busy days and busy lives to kind of think about yourself and get in touch with some of your, yeah, totally. yeah some things that you haven't Recall thought about back. in a while. And yeah, three is tough, but three is all you really need. You can, well, and I always, I've talked about, I talk about similar themes and probably listeners are like, you keep saying the same damn thing over and over. But you know, I always, when people bring up family or friends and the stories and stuff, to me, I'm interested Afterwards, and I always follow up with the guests, like, "Hey, you know, did did your mom hear it, or did you like?" And we're like, "Oh, I never knew that about you. I never knew that song." Or I don't know if my mom knows what Facebook is, so uh, you know, I'll well, just find yeah. it. I'll just well, you just send it to her. We'll I'll, get you I'll put it in an envelope yeah. and send it to her. Yeah, um, she has email now, so yeah. it's it, it's all good. Uh, yeah, like so, you mentioned earlier, like Stuart, your your first guest. Mm-hmm. I know him fairly well, um, actually pretty well. And I remember uh, I actually saw him or we spoke on the phone the day he was getting ready to do to come here and record oh, yeah. with you and um, mm-hmm. I purposely haven't listened to that episode yet because I didn't oh, want okay, um, yeah. yeah I didn't want to be led on in any way yeah. or, or try to like follow suit in any type of way right. I just wanted to kind of you know come in fresh and uh, I'll go back and listen to it yeah, now it's um, good very cool yeah. well thanks for having very me cool. yeah man thanks for doing it I appreciate um, it I look forward to to sharing it with everybody hopefully you guys enjoyed it thanks, thanks. memory tracks yeah done <laughs>